Hello, first round fantasy fans, and welcome to the first round fantasy football podcast. Your home for second round advice. I think I jinxed us over the last two episodes because it is a super, super hot day here in Northern California, and it's only going to get hotter. And I mean that literally, but it's also figuratively because it's getting hot on today's show i'm joined as always by jacob bartley and how are we doing today boys pretty good noise that we just heard i don't know what the hell that was that's my snapchat my bad guys it's a crazy day for (laughs) fantasy football for those those of you who play in uh like keeper and dynasty leagues like it's hot for trades right now we have some crazy trades going on Uh, we don't want to bother you with that but i mean let's just say the gm won out on quite a few trades today (laughs) and lost out Hey, Joe, I felt bad for Gabe. That's why I made my trade, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going like five good trades in two days. Yeah, it's certainly trade happy season as we near draft time for many, many leagues out there. We have a lot of drafts happening this weekend, guys. We have like, what, two this weekend? Two, and then two. one next weekend? And then I think the two. big one in September? Oh, uh, you're not in one of them. The drop oh, oh, okay. It's down to an eight man now. Oh, yeah. Eight man, we're going to be all stacked. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're looking forward to it, guys. I'm happy that you guys are here. I'm so excited that you guys can join us who are listening out there. Let's get into today's news. Starting off with breaking, I guess you could say, because this is fresh within the last two hours. George Kittle. Signs a new deal. Wah, wah, wah. The 49ers are giving tight end George Kittle an $18 million signing bonus. A large sum, especially in a pandemic COVID-19 season. Let's see here. Guys, Ooh. what do we think? This makes uh, this makes George Kittle the highest paid tight end per season. He's currently making $15 million per season. And of all Hunter- time, I believe. And of, yeah, all time. of course. Hunter Henry ranks second, $10 million. Austin Hooper, 10.5, Travis Kelsey, 9.3, and well, Rob Gronkowski, 9, and Kyle Rudolph, 9. Kelsey and, just signed his new deal, so they're not far off. Yeah, yeah. that was the other they're bit of breaking off. news. What do you guys make of it? Good players get money. Paid, yep. I, I love it. Hey, I read an article that said you cannot judge George Kittle's contract compared to other tight ends. You have to judge it towards other receivers. And in that case, he would be, I think, the seventh highest paid pass catcher. And I think he deserves that. Yeah, I didn't even think to look at it that way. Yeah, and the tight end position has changed. Like, for those type of guys, their receiver. Like, Kelsey's in the same category. They're, they're, They're receivers now. I think this is interesting to bring up really quick before we move on. There was somebody in a group chat of ours just a couple of days ago who was talking about how they wanted to get rid of the tight end position. And I just think that's absurd. Like, if you pay up for people like Kittle and Kelsey in like the second and third rounds, like you are getting a premium player at that position and it just changes the draft strategy and your gameplay for like the entire season outlook when you draft players like that early. So people who are able to do that and still find success man, props to you because you got a great solid tight end position who can easily fit in an RB territory and 
wide receiver territory as far as fantasy value. It's crazy. The problem is with that, you can't start. There's not a tight end. There's not other like a wide receiver, right? You can start them in the flex and the and the wide receiver spot. When you take away the tight end position, you can only start them in a flex. So they become another receiver that you can't start in the receiver spot. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, but still, nonetheless, it's happy to – or it's happy. It's good to see people getting paid. Um, as always, we have two new people sporting the merch this week. Jacob, Damon. Yes. I, mean, I don't usually find you guys attractive, but today you're <laughs> good looking. Goodness gracious. Uh, not only that, guys, we are now literally – everywhere so i said it last week and i'll say it today if you don't like looking at our faces guess what you don't have to watch us on youtube anymore although we really appreciate it if you do because we are everywhere else spotify uh, iHeartRadio, and a slew of other platforms so feel free to search us out there first round fantasy it's as easy as that let's jump right into it guys we are doing the afc north today and we're going to start out at the top of the AFC North. That is the Baltimore Ravens, 14-2 and two last year. And they got ousted early in the playoffs by the Tennessee Titans. But fantasy-wise, oh, my goodness. I mean, you had the number one overall QB in fantasy last year, Lamar Jackson, current ADP, uh, going with the last pick in the third round. Now, I wanted to do a little bit of research just to see because Jacob and I have talked about in the past that it's not often that you see a player at their position finish number one overall back-to-back years. So I wanted to look maybe just within the last 10 years and find a player, if any, who had done it. And there was one player, and that was Aaron Rodgers, and he did it in the 2010 and 2011 season. He finished as the over, overall QB1 in fantasy um, after that, he was pretty steady in the top four or top five within that range throughout his career. I know last year he wasn't really there, but Jackson is younger. He is a far better talent at his age. I mean, is he another player that we can see possibly repeat at that QB1 finish? Uh-huh. I don't think so because he ran for 1,200 yards last year, and I think teams will scheme for that and kind of lower those numbers, which would allow Mahomes to leapfrog them. Mm-hmm. I always think about him in, like, a Madden game, and you would always have that QB spy player that you would just control because you mm-hmm. knew that somebody who had, like, Michael Vick was going to run all the time, so you just wanted mm-hmm. to have that guy. But I don't know if you can do that in the NFL. It's just not a video game, and this guy's putting up video game numbers. Joe, do you think he can replicate what he did last year and finishes the overall QB1? He could be overall QB1, but I don't think at the level that he was last year. I think these guys kind of – he's going to be hungry, right? He wants to win the Super Bowl. He feels like he got robbed. But um, I think for overall team success, they need to get better in the air. And Marquise Brown's going to have a bigger year this year. And he's – I don't think he's – I think DeMont's right. He's not going to see as much rushing yards. Uh, I would still take him QB1, but I could see the argument for Mahomes and uh, probably just Mahomes and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your point there. And it's fair to say that, you know, if he doesn't put up the rushing numbers that he did last year, does he improve through the air and supplement that with his new air yards? Like, I don't know. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, it's tough because 
I think the rushing is the thing that puts him over the edge over even a Mahomes. And 12 – I didn't even realize he rushed for 1,200 yards. That's, that's insane. That's – RB1 numbers. That, <laughs> that's crazy. That makes me think, like, he should definitely be going in the second round at, on it, like, just in regular redraft leagues because he's getting that rushing production. But – I, I don't know. I still think he does finish as number one, but I think he's going to be less of himself last year. And because the thing is, he's not as good of a passer as he is a runner. So he's going to, I think it's going to middle, like kind of even itself out a little bit, but I still mm-hmm. think he'll be number one. That is, that is fair to say. Now, let me ask you guys this, and I want all of your opinions. You look at these top tier quarterbacks, yeah, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, um, the two that come to mind right off the bat. These are guys that are going in the second, early, early third round. We just talked about people that are really spectacular draft-wise when they pick up those tight ends and their teams still look fantastic at the end of drafts. Would you consider drafting someone like Lamar Jacksons or Patrick Mahomes? Because there are so many people out there that just would rather wait and pick up their quarterbacks late. I know that I'm personally one of them, so I'll never touch a guy like Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes at their price. So I guess I'll speak up first. But would you guys ever um, consider it? No, I, I never reach. I'd rather just wait. Yeah, I just feel like quarterback is that one position in fantasy football where just because there's the number one overall QB going like 2.10 doesn't mean that my guy that I pick up in the 12th round can also have the same number of QB one weeks as him or something like that. Like there's just so much depth at the QB position. Uh, Jacob, anything? I always wait, you know, I just, I, sometimes I wish I didn't because I see Mahomes and Jackson winning weeks and I'm like, okay, Jackson went off for 45. My QB went off for 25 and I lost by 10. So when I look at those type of things, it's like, damn, he can win me weeks, but I can never justify taking like Lamar Jackson over a top 10 wide receiver or a top 10 running back. It's so hard for me. So regular standard league, I wait on quarterback. Yeah. What about you, Joe? I think it depends on the kind of league you're in, guys. Because yeah, we're in a very couple true. different leagues where um, if it's six points per touchdown, then – I'll take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the second or probably the third round. If I can get them early third, I'm doing it. Like if you have the number one pick and you get uh, like the last two picks in the set, like this first, last yeah. and the second round and the first and the third. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. If I could get two good running backs and then come back around and grab uh, Patrick Mahomes in the early third round in a six point touchdown league, I don't mind that, but I'm definitely not doing it in a four point touchdown. Oh yeah. League. No way where the difference between Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott just isn't big enough. And you don't want to end up like me deciding between, like, Phillip Rivers and a bad matchup. (laughs) (laughs) Winston was the number two quarterback last year, bro, but I I hear you. Yeah, but he had the up and down games, though, to where, like, you constantly flip up between them. 50 or 15. That was Jameis Winston last year. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it is is safe to say that we all – uh, predict that you know if anyone can do it, it is Lamar Jackson. So right. let's go ahead and look at our the running back now, Mark Ingram, current ADP, uh, fourth pick of the fifth round. He finishes the RB eleven last year. Not a bad year, especially with those fifteen TDs. 
So he was good uh, across the board. However, run heavy Ravens go out and draft J.K. Dobbins. Um, and his current ADP is currently in the eighth round, third pick. So looking at this new scenario, I mean, for me personally, I look at this as a complete investment into the into the future mark ingram has one year left on his contract i think they will keep him as their workhorse running back um i'm not entirely sure but that's just what my gut says are you guys scared by jk dobbins taking some carries away from mark ingram this year not in a redraft league i think you still stick with ingram that team wants to win it it's like you said i agree with everything you just said right there he's got one year left on his contract they need to put some money other places and they're investing into the future with Dobbins. Let him groom behind Ingram and he'll probably see 75, 100, maybe 125 carries. But Ingram, that's a run heavy team and Ingram is still going to get his. Yeah, I, like I like Dobbins. Dobbins. Go ahead. Yeah. Also, I like Dobbins in a dynasty league, though, because like you yeah. said, Ingram last year and then also Gus Edwards is gone next year. So it would yeah. just be. J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill, if they don't bring either two of those guys back. Yeah. That is a true statement. I mean, I think he's a safe pick, but then I started looking at other running backs that are currently going around him. So we're going to play gut call, and this is just your gut opinion. Just straight up, I'm going to give you one or two options. Well, duh. I'm going to give you two options, and I just want your gut opinion. Unfortunately, only two of you can play because I only came up with two other running backs. So, (laughs) Jacob, you're up first. Gut opinion. Devin Singletary or Mark Ingram? That is not a gut decision, Jacob. That's Devin, Devin Singletary. Yeah. And let's go with let's go with Damon. Uh, sorry, sorry, Joe, but you'll get the next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Damon, Mark Ingram or David Montgomery? David Montgomery. Perfect. Hey. I Go can ahead. still play. I'll yeah. take Ingram over both of those guys. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing for me. And and look, when, when we're talking, we're talking redraft because yeah, every like when we evaluate yeah. a player, we're talking redraft. No dynasty. So yet. Mark Ingram is it's not that he's more talented than Dobbins right now. It's that Mark Ingram is there, he's a leader, he's a part of their culture, he's been motivating Lamar Jackson. He he hypes up Lamar Jackson so much and is like kind of the personality of the team. So yeah. he's Mark Ingram is their guy. Like in the locker room, he's the one talking a lot. So that's why he's gonna get he's gonna be the lead running back all year, unless he gets injured or something. Yeah. I'd take him over Singletary or yeah. Montgomery for a redraft. I just as well. like I just like Singletary mm-hmm. a lot, and I would take him Ingram over Montgomery though. Perfect. I mean, like I said, all of those guys are going essentially like two or three picks after one another or before. So they're in that same realm of tiered running backs. Um, Personally, I'd probably take Mark Ingram as well, just given that he's on the best overall team, even though the Buffalo Bills look to push for their division, the Chicago Bears, I don't know. But David Montgomery certainly carries a workhorse load, 250 carries over that last year. So, I mean, it's tough for me there, but I I would take the sure thing in Mark Ingram. He's on the better team. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and look at Mark Andrews. He's right on the cusp of those. Do I take a tight end this early? He's going in the fifth round, fourth pick. 10 TDs last year. He was arguably Lamar Jackson's 
I mean, I want to say number one target, mm-hmm. but it's just, I, I don't know. Hayden Hurst is gone. So mm-hmm. whatever targets he had last year are out the door. It, it seems like this is Mark Andrews year to probably put up better numbers. Joe, do you have anything to say about that? I like him. I had him in a couple of leagues last year, and I think he only got better. I'm not sure I'm grabbing him up in the fifth round if I miss out on those top tight ends, but I think, you know, if Kittle and Kelsey are going in the second or third, Andrews in the fifth is pretty good value. He didn't finish that far off of either of those guys last year. That is so true. And yeah, that's another one of those positions where it's like outside of the top three, there's such a drop off. So to see that Mark Andrews can go two rounds later and have the same potential as those two guys, uh, he's worth a look for sure. Uh, Jacob, anything? So for me, I, look, I like my Mark Andrews a lot. If I'm going into the air with him as my tight end, I feel good. But again, fifth round, I still want to grab a running back or wide receiver, or maybe even my quarterback, depending on where it's at. But I, if I don't get Kelsey or Kittle, I'm waiting to get somebody else, like a Gasecki or a Ingram or something like that. So I'm not necessarily drafting uh, Andrews in the fifth round. Yeah, QB and tight end are just like positions where you're like, Damon. I think there's oh, going to be a huge regression. Touchdown. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. and I hear your hot take, baby. Let's hear oh. it. <laughs> oh, um, the, the way you did that it seemed like I cut off. Uh, I think there's going to be huge regression. Touchdowns is not something that you can you can hope for or wish for, and 10 is a lot for a tight end, mm-hmm. not named Gronkowski. He led the team in yards, and I think he's going to take a backseat to Brown. Um, just look at the, the last game of the playoff game. You know, all year it was Andrews, but then in that playoff game – Marquise Brown got 11 targets and 126 yards. So I think that going forward, Jackson's going to try and get his young receiver more involved. And then Mark Andrews is going to be running short routes and blocking. I like what you have to say, DeMond. However, that is coming from the guy who is high. And we'll talk about this next player because you just mentioned him, Marquise Brown. Uh, DeMond's made a couple of trades for him recently, so obviously he feels pretty high on him. Last year, as a rookie, he had some spurts where he showed that he could be uh, an explosive, big game wide receiver. However, he did finish as the wide receiver 45 last year. He's currently going in the seventh round. I do think that's a good value, but um, I guess with him, and before I before we get into this any deeper, I mean – it's fair to say that as of right now, until Lamar Jackson proves he can support other wide receivers, I'm not touching Willie Sneed. I'm not touching Boyle. And I don't even know no. who those other guys so are. So they drafted a rookie. Um, is he on here? Is it? I think it's oh, – which one is it? Is it Proch or no? Um, let me see here. Uh, Alt Ravens, rookie. You guys can go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to look this up. Yeah, I just – I don't know if I want to touch any of those guys. But this so, does bring – go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I'm just – this brings me to keep trade cut because I do think that, in my personal opinion, there are better wide receivers around him. Now, I'm not going to say that these are wide receivers that are going in the general vicinity, but they're, they're in the range, okay? So we're going to play keep trade cut. Keep trade cut. All of you guys are welcome to play. Jacob, I'll start with you. Keep trade cut. 
Marquise Brown, AJ Green, and Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker? Um, okay, okay, okay. So I'm <laughs> keeping Devontae Parker. I'm trading Marquise Brown, and I'm cutting AJ Green. That's a good way to look at it. Joe, go ahead. Same thing. Devontae Parker's going in the seventh round? He's I'm shocked. Well, it's because people are still seeing him as he was before. Like, I don't – I think some people are just like, oh, that was a fluke. He's not going to do that again. I, I disagree, but – I traded him today. Did you say that, Jay? No, he's like, not he's only going in the here. seventh round. He's going basically the eighth round. That is insane that anybody would consider Marquise Brown over Devontae Parker. Had one, Parker had one good year. I get that, man, but he is a talented football player, and as is Marquise Brown, but I just like Miami to be a team that's going to be behind and throwing a lot more than the Ravens, who are going to get ahead and run the ball like they Joe's did Joe's a year. Dolphins fan now, guys. Come on. We got to go. Oh, yeah. 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 Dang, Joe. Uh, Devontae Parker is going in the eighth round, actually. Pretty much the first in the eighth round. And Marquise Brown is going early in the seventh round. So Honestly, Parker should be going in the fourth round. And I just realized we have to change our colors because our colors are like Dolphins colors. <laughs> We're true. <laughs> on the pod. We'll go black gold, silver, and black. The last one because you did just trade for Marquise Brown. So keep trade cut. Marquise Brown, AJ Green, Devontae Parker. Damon. Did you ask me? Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, I, would keep, I would keep Brown, trade Parker, because I feel like you get the most value for him because of that season last year. I don't think anybody would replicate that. And then I cut green. Oh, man. Guys, this is perfect. You know why? Because I love when we have great segues. Because for my keep trade cut, I am going to keep AJ Green. I'm going wow. to trade Devontae Parker, and I'm going wow. to cut Marquise Brown. And with that being said, let's talk about our Cincinnati Bengals. We went from literally worst to first. Bengals last year, 2-14. and 14. Yikes. Let's talk about the guy who is coming back off of a horrible year, a year in which he didn't even play. That's A.J. Green, who I just said I would keep. He's currently going – uh, right around the same place as Devontae Parker. And I get it, guys. I might be someone who lives in the past. I understand that. I mean, I drafted McCoy for like five straight years, and only two of those was even good. So it happens that way for me sometimes. But when you look at this guy and you – I mean, six seasons over 1,000 yards, three seasons with 10-plus TDs, although he did not play in 2019, I mean, that's unfortunate. He didn't, he only played in nine games in 2018, but guess what? He was still good. He almost had a thousand yard in those, a, a thousand yards in those nine games. Six TDs to add with that. I mean, for a wide receiver that is 31, you have a QB, a rookie QB in Joe Burrow, who's going to come and look for that veteran leadership. Asia Green came out in an interview on ESPN and said, I feel healthy. I plan on playing for four more years. Now, me personally, I don't know if all four of those years are going to be with Cincinnati, but any NFL player can be confident and talk a big game. But literally, A.J. Green has shown that when he is healthy, he is unstoppable. I think he has a little bit more in the tank, 
And that's not just off a word hype from him himself, but I mean, goodness gracious. I, I love him at a eighth round value. What about you guys? Yeah. It's a matter of mind. Like I, I like having AJ green as like my third wide receiver because I just don't know what to expect from him. Uh, But look, here's the thing. We, we've seen him be a wide receiver one top six guy, top seven guy. He could do that again this year. He really could. So Look, Joe and I talk about ceilings a lot for players. For me, A.J. Green's ceiling is top 10. It is. But his floor is very low, too, for me. So it's a risky pick. So I'm not feeling confident if, like, I don't know, if he's my second wide rec- best wide receiver. But I do like him as a bargain as a bargain draft pick. I like what with you say like, there. Because- Go ahead, Damon. So with a guy like Green, though, he had a huge rapport with Dalton, who looked for him in situations. And I just mm-hmm. want to think with Burrow, he doesn't have that yet. So we, I don't. I think his ceiling is more top twenty than top ten personally, just because of the quarterback. Yeah, and with that being said, I mean top twenty is still a good value. Then in the seventh round, those are usually the receivers you find right around there. And Jacob, to answer your to to, to go off of what you said earlier. I mean, he is a huge risk. I mean, if he was going two rounds later, oh, man, that's when you start hitting home runs and trying to look for those steals in the draft. But at the seventh round, that might not be the value we need just yet to, like, say, oh, my gosh, I'm excited for this. But he's still so luscious looking right there. And Damon said, yeah, he's got a good rapport with Andy Dalton over the years. But I still think with a young QB coming in, he wants to work with that veteran. He wants to throw to someone who knows it's a sure thing. And if Adrian Green is on the field, he's everything a sure thing is. Joe, what do you got to say? <clears throat> I'm going to avoid him this year personally. I think uh, he's – I don't know. I can't trust somebody who hasn't played football in two years and is 32 years old. One and a half. One and a half. <laughs> and he's 31. No, he's 32 now, and and when you when you look at the when you he just turned 32, by the way. So we're splitting hairs here. July 31st was his birthday, but but when you look at Boyd, Higgins, Mixon, they're all kind of younger guys. And yes, I expect AJ Green to be that leader in the locker room. I expect him to make an impact on the football field. I'm just not sure that translates to the fantasy football uh, realm for us. So. I don't love him. I like Boyd more. I think Higgins is going to have a good rookie year, gelling with Burrow. And uh, I think if Devontae Parker and A.J. Green are going in the eighth round, that's an easy choice for me. I I, I like other talent going around the same place. That hurts to hear, but I do. (laughs) We can talk about it later. But you brought up Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's going essentially a whole round later than AJ Green. Would you wow. rather have? Let I mean, let's be honest. Wow. If AJ Green is on the field, he's the wide receiver one for that team, at least on a depth chart. So, do you look at those two in the later rounds, going about ten picks apart? Are Are you taking Tyler Boyd or AJ Green? I'm taking AJ Green. Really? Boyd. I'm taking Boyd all day. <laughs> I Boyd is I love Tyler Boyd, man. I think mm-hmm. I like him as a sixth rounder, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I yeah. honestly thought that Gabe was going to say Tyler Boyd is going a full round earlier 
Yeah. And no, bro. And people are taking AJ Green earlier. Yeah. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Uh, Tyler Boyd had a great year last year with, uh, I mean, his quarterback I mean, was a lame duck, right? And now they have Joe Burrow coming in and a new coach, right? An offensive-minded coach. I expect that offense to be exciting, and they're going to be down a lot, um, right? I mean, that's the idea. They're not going to win 10 games this year. They might win five or six. So that should be a fun offense to keep an eye on, though. Definitely a lot of fun things to think about with that youth in Cincinnati. I mean, honestly, guys, I've heard what you have to say. And yes, Tyler Bird, Tyler Bo- Tyler Bird, Tyler Boyd was a thousand yard receiver last year without uh, Andy Dalton. Most of the year, he was playing with a couple of scrubs as well. However, I want to take this to book it down territory with the stipulation that AJ Green is healthy. If AJ Green is healthy and he plays at least a minimum of 10 games, I think he has a better fantasy. So a way to do this is, and I, you know, I shouted out the fantasy focus podcast earlier today on Twitter and they liked some or a couple of them liked it, but what they do is they do on a points per game basis, which I think is fair. Like, when we do these, I think that's fair instead of overall production. Because if you have, let's say you have Todd Gurley play 12 games this year, and then you have Mark Ingram play 16, it's not really fair to say, like, who was better all year, overall stats. So you say on a points-per-game basis. So we could do Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green on a points-per-game basis. So, like, an average? Yeah, so basically, like, yeah. But the thing is, like, if A.J. Green only plays three games, then – it. Does it? It's irrelevant. This thing, yeah. Let's say a minimum of what ten games, ten games yeah. and a, on a points per game basis. Perfect. I'm taking yeah. AJ Green. You guys taking Boyd? I'll, yeah, take, I'll Boyd. take Boyd. Boyd. Get down. Yeah. I don't need to write the rest of that because you guys are all for Tyler Boyd. I'll update that later. All right. Well, it breaks my heart, but it also makes me smile knowing that I could potentially. Be better than you guys, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we got one. We got a couple of more players to talk about. Surprisingly, even though they were so bad, there's so much, uh, so many things to look forward to, and that's Joe Mixon, newly acquired by me. Joe Mixon, he is going as the fourth pick in the second round. So by golly, if you're in a redraft league and you pick up like a Josh Jacobs and then you snag a Joe Mixon on the turn, it's like your team looks solid right there. 1,100 yards last year in 2019, eight total TDs. That is not a lot. So that's kind of what hurt his season. Um, He had, oh my gosh, when I saw this, I, I got scared. He had 278 carries last year. That is insane to me. But when we do talk about Joe Mixon, you have to talk about how his season was literally cut in half because the first eight games, you would have probably had him on the bench by week three. He was virtually – you couldn't play him. He was awful for fantasy. And then it wasn't until the second half of the year where he really turned it up. I think the coaches realized, well, either we're tanking and we're just giving everything to Mixon or Mixon's really good. We should just start feeding him the ball more. And he took off. Well, I mean, last year, it was tail with two halves, like I just said. I just don't know. I mean, last year, 8 through 16, he was a top three running back behind only – or top four running back behind CMC and uh, Dalvin Cook. I like him. 
personally, I do think with the youth and development there in a new QB in a COVID-19 season that I'm kind of scared. But it seems to me that they're looking to utilize Joe Mixon in a way that they haven't utilized him before. So I am hopeful at the same time. What are you guys thinking? Does he have that top five potential? Joe, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, yeah, I think I it's think possible. So. Oh, go ahead. No, come on, go ahead. <laughs> Did you say, Joe, I'll start with you or Demont? <laughs> no, I said, uh, I think that. No, we're having technical difficulties here, people. Thank you for bearing with us. Joe, I'll start with you. Do you think Joe Mixon has top five potential? I think it's possible. I don't, I'm not drafting him as a top five guy, but a top 10 guy. I think kind of what you uh, elaborated on or what you mentioned earlier and I'll elaborate on is he started the season and he was unplayable. I mean, literally unplayable. You had better luck just throwing one of your bench wide receivers in there and hoping he gets you 15 points. But um, as the season progressed, I think the Bengals realized that they're not a good team and that they needed to stop trying to air it out and actually have a football plan and have a game plan. And they stuck to it. And Joe Mixon actually had some success with that this year. Joe Burrow's coming in, better quarterback upgrade. A.J. Green's supposed to be back. T. Higgins is there. They're going to have a lot more options through the air. They're not going to be able to focus on mixing as much. I think he's a top 10 uh, running back. And if you can grab him in the second round, that's not a bad spot to get him. Like you said, if you end up with a Zeke in the first round or a Henry and come back around and grab Mixon, you're in good shape. That is fair. That That's a – Awfully good looking team. Damon, you had something to mention. Damon? Yeah, uh, I think that he could be a top five guy. Yeah. Okay. All right, Damon. Go ahead. I, I think we're experiencing some lag with Damon there. Um, Jacob, anything? <laughs> um, I look, I love Mixon. I, I liked him last year. I had him in a few leagues, but I just I remember uh, in just regular redraft, right? Like people kept trying to trade him, and they nobody wanted him. So um, it was it was tough. But like that was not what's ex- what could be expected of him on a regular basis, especially what well, he's twenty four years old. That's still pretty young. He you know it's not like he hasn't been ran to the ground yet. You know, he's, he hasn't been playing since when, how long has he been the starter? Three years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So like he, yeah. So it's not, it's not like he came in at 20 starting. I, I just, I like him a lot. I, I don't like, I'm not taking him in the first round, but I'll take him with that 11th pick 12th pick. That's, that's as high, high as I'll go. And that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, I like him. I have him. I think he is. He, I think he does have that top five potential. We talked about it last week with a certain player. I forgot who, but anytime you get that many carries, you're going to put up something. So I like the carry count there. And I don't think it's that high next season, but I mean, if it's 250 and up, I mean, oh man, like I'm excited for what he can do with it. He's extremely talented. We'll talk about Joe Burrow briefly because I think in redraft leads, he doesn't have that much appeal as a rookie Kobe, QB in a shortened COVID 19 season. Um, but I mean, 
there are QBs out there like Kyler Murray last year and Josh Allen the year before that have had spot start success um, as rookies. Do you think Joe Burrow is going to have some spot spot start? Oh my, what's up with my S's today? Spot start success as a rookie. He definitely can. Um, I mean, as we've been talking about, look at all the weapons. And that's what it takes for a rookie quarterback to have some success is a good coach with an offensive mind and pieces around him. So you're right. He doesn't have standalone value in a redraft. You're not drafting him to be your QB one. But if you take a uh, if you're looking at a bye week fill in and he's got a good matchup, I think he can give you some value there. That's a fair way to look at it. And really quick before I move on. Bottom line, does this team improve? I mean, they were literally bottom of the barrel last year. That's why they got the number one pick. With no offseason and a rookie QB, can this team improve from last year? Like, they have to, right? They just have to. Uh, you, they have so much talent there now. It just all rests on the shoulders of how well Joe Burrow can perform. I'm excited for the Bengals, to be honest. I, I like just to watch them play. Like, I, I get Sunday ticket every year and I. I'm just excited just to tune into their games, even if I don't have anybody on my fantasy team, just because I'm excited. And I, the thing is with Burrow, is, the question is, is he going to be top 10 on a consistent basis? I don't know about that, but I still – I will I might draft him in the, with my last pick if I have like an – if I have like a Matthew Stafford and I just want Ooh. another guy just in case. I'll mess yeah. with Burrow. Yeah, that, I mean, I didn't mean to say good comp, but I meant to say like a, a good – Good solid choice right there for a QB because he's one of those QBs that you take and you're like, eh, you know, yeah. he's going to be okay. He's going to be good. But I really like that comparison. Um, in the essence of time, we're moving on to another crummy team last year who also there's a lot of hype around this year because they really can only improve. And that's the Cleveland Browns finished at six and 10 last year. And we'll start off with the only good thing last year. And that was Nick Chubb. He's currently going a pick after Joe Mixon at 2.5. How scared are we of Kareem Hunt and that he will poach carries from Nick Chubb? Are they going to split the backfield? What do you have to say about it? Uh, let's start with J- Damon. I'm very scared of Kareem Hunt. I, he, I mean, he's the better runner. He's more dynamic. Uh, he needs less space than Chubb. I feel like if uh, I was – I'd rather with his hunts going later than Chubb, right? Oh yeah. Yes, way later. Way later. Yeah. I'd rather just get Hunt and not waste like a fourth, third, fourth round on Chubb. Chubb is probably a second rounder or first rounder, isn't he? Yeah, he's going at the two hundred five. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's a second rounder. I mean, some people might take him in the first round, and mm-hmm. you know what, I. I am a little bit worried about Hunt, but I'm still taking Chubb over Mixon. If I have, if I'm Ooh. sitting at the number ten pick, and they're both, well, if they're both available, I'm taking them both. But I was just see. about to ask that, Jacob. So now that let's I got say your it's take. at number eleven, and I already took Hopkins, right? And I'm at number eleven. I'm gonna go Chubb, to be honest, and I'm gonna hope I can get Kareem Hunt later. But I like Chubb a little bit more than Mixon. <laughs> What about you, Joe? Are you taking Joe Mixon or Kareem or or uh, Nick Chubb there? 
No, I like mixing in a redraft better. There's just not a real threat on that lineup. Giovanni Bernard is what who he is. He's a niche guy. He's a third down back. He's going to come in, poach a couple of catches, but he's not a real threat to take carries from mixing uh, in the same way that Hunt is. And going over to, you know, not even talking about who would I rather take, uh, just the kind of question of, is Hunt going to be a factor? And we know he is. We saw it the last eight weeks. And he's going to take the passing downs, but he's also going to get some carries. And now he's got an entire season behind him or half a season plus an off season, which I get is shortened, but he's going to have a lot more time to gel with the team. And I'm not exactly sure that it's going to be a 50, 50 committee because Chubb is a damn good running back on the ground. But I think Kareem Hunt is going to poach some of that goal line stuff from him. I think he's going to get involved a lot more when they're down. And I don't like Chubb as a top 10 guy at all at running back. Wow. So, I'm with you, Joe. Yeah, I'm yeah. leaning towards that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just can't. I mean, yeah, you said it all, Joe. I'm not going to say any more. Let's yeah. go ahead and move on really quick to, I guess, NFL second pretty boy behind only Jimmy G for you Niner fans <laughs> out there. But that's Odell Beckham Jr., uh, goodness gracious. Supposedly he played with a hernia all year last year. I thought that was him just making excuses, but then I realized like, man, you don't really need to make any excuses because I don't think it was your fault. It was Baker Mayfield who was just awful and putrid last year. With that being said, if he is healthy from a supposed hernia and Baker Mayfield looks to improve, are, are we high on Odell Beckham Jr. this year? He's currently going first two picks of the fourth round. And before I let it go to you guys, I don't want you guys to forget about Jarvis Landry, who mm-hmm. is going in the eighth round, virtually the ninth round, and finishes the wide receiver 11 last year. Wow, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, I don't want to – I'll let, I'll leave it to you guys, but I mean to start us off, I think I would rather have Jarvis here later in drafts. What about you guys? Feels like Jarvis has outplayed him the last three years, and especially the last two years, and doesn't get any love come draft time. And he makes somebody very happy who takes him in the eighth round. And Odell makes somebody very upset who takes him in the third or fourth round. And I don't see any reason to think that that's going to change. I have them pretty equal. I like them both around the fifth, sixth round. And I think Baker Mayfield's going to do good, but Austin Hooper is going to get some of that love now too. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb still have their jobs. I'm not sure I like either of these guys going in as my wide receiver one or maybe even wide receiver two. Yeah, Odell's frustrating, man, and I I just traded for him in the league. But look, the thing is, we talk about ceiling again. He he's as a top ten, top five ceiling, to be honest. But the thing I look at it is, he only had four touchdowns last year. It, unless Baker makes a huge improvement, I don't see it necessarily. Um, and the thing is, like Joe said, Hooper's going to get some of those touchdowns in the end zone. And is is Odell's touchdown? Uh, are they going to go up? I don't necessarily know. He needs big plays. That's remember in, in New York, right? When, when Odell was like, Oh, he has having a slow game. And suddenly all of a sudden he has like 150 yards and two touchdowns. And it's like, Whoa, like that happened in one quarter. So that's what Odell needs. And he needs 
Baker to find him and he needs the rest of the team to play well. So I'm just like, I like Odell. I always like him and he's a big name, but I'm not like, I don't know if I'm looking at the fourth round, like who's still, who else is available in the fourth round at wide receiver? That's what I'm wondering because it depends on that. If if I would draft him or it's sixth round, right? No, he said fourth round. Fourth round. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you have some, some choices for us here? That's probably a good I don't have any choices for you guys. I, I am sorry. But I will say this. I agree with you guys. And I'm just looking at his three-year trend. I mean, of the last three years, two of those years, he finished at or outside the top 25. And then mm-hmm. one of those years, which was 2018, he finished at as, I believe, the wide receiver 14. So he hasn't touched the top 10 since 2016. It feels like a really long time. I do feel, without even knowing who's there, I feel like there are better options at that value. And I can look it up really quick. Damon, oh, I have it, do you like Odell this year? No. I trade him away, actually, in one league. I'd ra- I have one, zero shares of Odell. I'd rather wait and get Landry in the eighth round. Uh, Odell is a better football player than he is a, a fantasy player to me, especially now. I feel like Jarvis is going to be in a slot and – uh get more balls than Odell. That's fair. I mean, I would then, rather have Jarvis Landry as well. And then, hey, yeah, Gabe, about Higgins, too. Higgins yeah. got hurt. Yeah, that's true. I, Jacob, I looked it up as well. And right off the bat, my favorite player, comeback player of the year, who we'll talk about later, comes to mind. Uh, someone who he's going around is Juju Smith-Schuster, about two picks apart. Who are you going to have, Juju or Odell this year? Close. Juju? Juju. Yeah, Juju. I, I would take Juju as well. I, it's not that close for me, but I'll slightly, <laughs> I'll slightly go Juju. For where I'm looking, they have Juju going in the fourth round, and they have Odell going in the fifth round as his wow. ADP. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Anybody Whoa. else there, Jacob, that might be going around? So in mine, uh, so I'm on uh, fantasyfootballcalculator.com, and they have – so right here around Odell Beckham, they have – Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore, DJ Chark, and Terry McLaurin. So, oh. like, I would rather have DJ Moore for sure. And uh, they have Devontae Parker lower. I would rather have Parker and Moore over Odell for sure. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I would rather have DJ Moore. DJ Moore, I have – yeah, we're looking at similar sites. He's just ranked higher. That's why I didn't yeah. see that. But DJ yeah. Moore, definitely – um, um, and then on the same team, Jarvis Landry, the value's there, and I don't yeah. want to deal with the headache of Odell because he's also just a prima donna. No offense, Odell. If you ever watch this, please don't beat me up. <laughs> and he takes plays off. Like If you watch his games, he'll literally not play football. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's. Well, I mean, it, yeah. He's a huge headache. Joe, get, I'll give you one last point before we move on to the last position. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros, guys, and they have Odell as the number 11 receiver. Okay, let me list off the next five or six. Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton. I'm almost every single one of those guys over Odell. Almost. I was just about to say that. With the exception of Cortland Sutton, I'll have every single other wide receiver you just mentioned. Yeah. I'd rather have Cortland Sutton. I would rather have Cortland Sutton, but I think I would take Odell over Ridley. No, not really. A.J. Brown for me. I will end it with this. There's always 
the past. And in the past, we have seen <laughs> that Odell can be not good, but great. Yeah. We're going to touch on one last position here for the Cleveland Browns, and that's the tight end position. They newly acquired Austin Hooper, uh, currently going as a sharpshooter in the later rounds in fantasy football. My biggest question here is David Njoku. There was a lot of questions about him in the offseason. I know he requested a trade, then he rescinded that trade offer. Then the coach for the Cleveland Browns came out and said he's definitely 100% in our game plan. We could quite possibly see the Cleveland Browns pulling a Baltimore Ravens and putting two tight ends out there on the same time. I mean, David Njoku's been injured quite a bit throughout his first two years. Are you guys taking Austin Hooper, David Njoku? Personally, I don't want either of them. Um, but what, what what are you guys thinking? Are you scared of David Njoku at the slightest? I just, that tight end position doesn't look appealing to me in Cleveland. Oh, I love Austin Hooper. glass cannon, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to make it. <laughs> Jacob, what about you? Um, I'm not, I'm avoiding it. And the crazy thing is Austin Hooper was the best tight end in fantasy last, like for a while last year. Not, yeah. I don't think he finished yeah, number one. All right, Joe, it looks like you're the lone truther for Austin Hooper. So yeah, yes. Let me explain. Baker Mayfield <laughs> is not that good. I like him in fantasy this year because he has options. And I think he's going to chuck it to Hunt, chuck it to Hooper, and he's going to get rack up points that way. But he is not that good of a quarterback. And what do we say about bad quarterbacks? They rely on their tied ends always. And Austin Hooper is the man. And David Njoku has been hyped up for three years and has yet to really give us more than a mediocre 2018 campaign. Uh, I know he was injured last year. But I don't think that he's going to be on the team. I think that his agent is going to get him out of there because he wants to go somewhere he can prove himself, and he's not going to do that behind Austin Hooper, and he's not going to do that with all these weapons. I love Austin Hooper if I can wait till the later rounds and grab him. And uh, I hope you guys don't so we can yeah, – uh, I mean, we know he has the talent, right? So Yeah. That is true. That is true. And how much is he getting paid, Gabe? I think earlier you said it's about $10 million a year. You don't pay a guy – what was the number one tight end money before today's contracts to go out and not feed him the ball? Dang, Joe, I don't like listening to you, but I freaking love it at the same time. <laughs> I'm still not touching Austin Hooper, but I do like what you yeah. have to say. No, and all the draft ops to Austin Hooper, but not just not like super high. Yeah. Well, and with that, with ADP? Uh, he's like the 13th or 14th round. He's like going towards the end. Oh my God, that's great value. That's great value. Yeah. That's great value. Well then, I will let you take that great value all the way to the draft line. Moving okay, on. Guys. Oh, Before sorry. Gronkowski or Hooper? Because I see Gronkowski's ranked above him. Hooper. Hooper. I would probably just go Gronkowski because a name. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, basically yeah. like. You're an old head, Gabe. You like the you like the AJ Green and Gronkowski's of the world. We don't blame yeah. you, dude. I love the wise. The wise. Also, to mention, I mean, we'll touch on Baker Mayfield. Even though I said we're going to move on three times now, but you're right. He's not a good quarterback. He can only get better, though. But not mm-hmm. only do tight ends find success with crappy quarterbacks. Also, your slot wide receivers do, which is why I predict Jarvis Landry should be a very good producer, especially given his ninth round value. Moving on for the fourth and final time, 
Love that. We are talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, eight and eight last Ooh. year. This is a team that if you're excited about any of the three that we've talked about so far, you need to be excited about this one. That's just because, man, a team's never rested on the shoulder so much of a quarterback than this team did because they showed that without him, they were horrendous yet still succeeded in the NFL because of their defense. Now you add arguably, which we'll talk about later, one of the better values at the quarterback position in the draft in Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, there's just so much potential here. And I'm going to start it out with the crowded wide receivers. And let's talk about Juju because we just talked about him a minute ago. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I've talked about him so much personally. I think he's a comeback candidate for a comeback, uh, a candidate for comeback player of the year. Uh, but there are others there. DeMont likes Deontay Johnson. James Washington is a deep threat. They drafted uh, Claypool. So there are other players there that could threaten that ceiling for Juju. But, man, everything points up. He gets his quarterback back. He moves into the slot. He has weapons on the outside that will stretch the field. I mean, it's just all success. I will take him at the fourth round, and sometimes if I'm trigger happy, I'll take him in the third round. But, guys, that is not accurate information. That's just Gabe's bias. <laughs> Even though I give you unbiased fantasy advice, that is as biased as I will get. I'll take him in the third round if I have to, so no one else will. Do you guys like any of the other wide receivers other than Juju? I mean, Deontay Johnson is getting a lot of talk. Yeah, I'd take a flyer on Deontay for sure. Um, He's going late. I don't know how much work him and Big Ben did together, but I would – I mean, I, I'd take a gamble rather than spending a third, fourth round on Juju. Like, he played a lot and got 500 yards last year. I know Mason Rudolph's not that good, but, man, <laughs> like, he left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. That's a good thing to say, but like, really though, like it was Mason Rudolph in that. That's like the one time you can say that. Like, it really was Mason Rudolph and this other guy. What was his name? Hodges. Like, yeah, you can't even. I, I honestly think, yeah. and this is this is going to be bold because we saw a year where DeAndre Hopkins was really, really good with really, really, really crappy QB play. But like, I don't even think you put DeAndre Hopkins in that position and him have success. Mm-hmm. That's how bad those QBs were. Joe, you were about to say something. Go ahead. I think we're, you know, Juju should be under bet. So one thing about Juju, guys, he's been in the league three years. He's going into his fourth year. <clears throat> when the season starts, he's going to be 23 years old. So he's still very young. He's very young. I still think the best is yet to come for this guy. Um, but I remember seeing something. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before that Ben Roethlisberger has a history and not just with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster prior to this of producing 2,000 yard receivers. And it's just what he does. And he airs it out a lot. We know they throw it 50 times a game when he's under center. So I think that either James Washington or Deontay Johnson is going to break out and either you're going to take the right one with that flyer and he may help your season tremendously like Juju did two years ago, um, or it doesn't kill you because you're probably getting those guys in the later rounds. So I like taking a flyer on one, if not both of those guys with your later round picks. Joe, I'm loving what you are saying. I mean, Ben Ben Roethlisberger, he's 38 years old, and 
he wasn't so great the last time we saw him, but yes, he can support not only 2,000 yard receivers like he did for Antonio Brown and Heinz Ward, I believe, but he can also support wide receiver twos, which is why I'm totally behind a breakout breakout year from a player like Deontay Johnson. I don't know about James Washington too much, but I could also say Chase Claypool because not a lot of people mm-hmm. were talking about Juju Smith-Schuster in his rookie year, and he was honestly a great find for fantasy players throughout the year in his rookie season. And you can't say that a lot for fantasy wide receivers in their rookie years. So I think someone like Chase Claypool is also someone to look out for. Uh, Jacob? Yeah, look, I I was burned by Juju last year pretty bad. And I, yeah, but (laughs) man, I, I don't even want to talk about what happened to me last year with Juju, but uh, it's just so bad. 12 games and 550 yards and four touchdowns. I look, you talked about Hopkins. Hopkins had more than one year with bad quarterback play. And I think these type of guys like Hopkins and uh, like, I think when Rogers was out, Adams was still producing. So if you got it, you got it. And there's no quarterback play is definitely matters, but you can still do stuff without it. And I just look, the thing is with Juju is I, I say like, I don't, I want to avoid him, but then I look at this. And so like, He's going right after Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett. So I would personally take Diggs and Lockett over him. But then he's going right around Allen Robertson, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, DJ Chark, AJ Green. So I would take those guys. I would take Juju over those guys. So mm-hmm. it's it, if that's what I'm looking at in the fourth round, I'd probably lean towards Juju because the, the potential is very high. And hopefully Ben's healthy. He hasn't – like Ben hasn't missed a lot of time other than last year. So – I, you know, we all talked about the Steelers as bounce back players this year. And I guess I'll draft Juju in the fourth round if I have to. Mm-hmm. You won't get there with Gabe because he's going to take him in the third. But hey, that's better for <laughs> us. Thinking. That's better for thinking. us. Yeah. I mean, dude, I remember last year in our draft, somebody took, I took Josh Jacobs right before Juju. And I tried to trade right on draft day. I regretted it. And I tried to trade. I was like, Josh Jacobs for Juju. And everyone thought I reached for Josh Jacobs. Actually ended up turning out to be a pretty damn good second round pick and Juju was a bust, so you never know. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is the one thing about fantasy football, and I've said this in the past. It is fifty percent knowledge of the game and fifty percent luck because anything can happen in an NFL season. Let's go ahead and talk about um our next player, our arguably another comeback player candidate, and that's James Connor. Boy, oh boy, I traded him away today. It was sad to see him go. I love the guy as an NFL player and just an overall guy. I mean, he's a cancer survivor. He's a trooper. He's mm-hmm. a he's a stud, and he's physically gifted, but he's also physically gifted at getting injured. So I had to let him go. But, I mean, good value, not good value. Jacob showed me something today. He's currently ranked as the 20th running back going into the 2020 season. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment right there where you keep him because if he's healthy, he's going to get the workload. Mike Tomlin has always been a coach, whereas if his running back one is healthy, he is on the field. Only last year did we really see instances of that committee, and that's only because when Benny Snell was given the chance one game all alone, he couldn't produce. When Samuels was given the game all to himself, he couldn't produce. So they had to start mixing it up a little bit. I truly do think that when Connor is healthy, he is great for fantasy. 
He's just not always healthy. And he leaves games he leaves games early all the time. Like, yeah, he's like the Julio Jones of yeah, like, the running he backs. He'll leave in the first <laughs> quarter and come back in the fourth quarter, and then you'll be like, I only got 10 carries out of Connor today. Like, what happened? And then he'll also miss four or five games a season. So that's what scares me. But then again, if we're really looking at today's trade outside of the podcast, I also traded for Dalvin Cook, who is also injury prone. So you could say the same thing about him. But what do you guys make of James Connor? Joe and I had a thorough discussion earlier today over text. And look, I'm going to say the same thing I told Joe. For me, it's like, look, yes, he's injury prone. And all those things, negatives you said are true, Gabe. But look at, so in 2018, he played 13 games. He had 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. And if if we're saying, and was Antonio Brown there that year? I don't think he was. Did he play? Yeah, he was there. He was? Okay. So that obviously is a factor. But for me, it's like that is his potential. And it, look, it's a risk for some. And look, the thing is, nobody's taking him in the first two rounds anyway this year. So you're going to get him in the third or fourth round or so. And I I like that value because I think his ceiling's very high. And I think he could repeat if Big Ben stays healthy. And if we're expecting Juju to have the year he's having. And look for me is James Conner can run. He can catch. He's not the best catcher in the world, but he can catch. The thing is, the Steelers defense is really good. We expect them to have a good offense. I think they're going to be up a lot. I think they're going to get a lot of turnovers, and they're going to hand the ball to James Conner and have him pound it. I feel really good about that. So I, whatever his value is, I don't know what his ADP is, but I, I, I'm, I know it's not the first two rounds. Yeah, he's so, going like third, fourth round, like mid third. That's the thing. Like I, so I'm in a, I'm in one of the, like the regular Yahoo Pro leagues, right? So I, I went no running back, no running back. If you guys know what that is, so I took Tyree Kill and DeAndre Hopkins, and then I ended up uh-huh. getting like Leonard Fournette and James Conner as my running backs. And it's like if I have Hill and Hopkins then cool. I'll, t- I'll take those guys as my running back. So I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was far and away a great running back when he was healthy. The injuries do scare me, but you are right. And I was right earlier. Mike Tomlin doesn't do a committee. He's one of the few workhorse coaches in the NFL. So when his running back is on the field, you best believe he's getting the workload he deserves which will make him fantasy relevant. I wish, I wish, just because I traded him away doesn't mean that I'm not going to be picking him up in other leagues or redraft leagues this year. I think his value is great for where he's going. I would take him third round, my first pick in the third round. If he had a bad season, he had 116 attempts and 464 yards, which comes out to a four-yard average, which is a great average. He just wasn't getting the, the proper attempts. And even though it was a bad season, he still uh, got targets. He had five, seven, eight, four. And I think that will literally double with Ben Roethlisberger. So I feel like he's going to come right to form. And we have to believe that if we believe that Deontay Johnson and Juju can put up good seasons because it'll open up the running game. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And with that being said, again, because – we're just so great at time management here. Well, I want to hear Joe's thoughts on Connor too. Sure. Go ahead, Joe. So uh, I, I know I was a little bit harsh on him earlier, Jacob, but the reality is that there is some good news out of Pittsburgh, right? Like they could have went and drafted Dobbins or one of these other True. guys. 
if they weren't that sure of him. But the fact is that they waited till the fourth round and then they got Anthony McFarland Jr., right? But that's not too crazy to grab a running back, even if you have a sure thing in the fourth round. A lot of teams do that anyways, just because you have to replace players constantly. So I don't think that that's too crazy. I still think he's going to have a great year. Fantasy pros, and maybe this is wrong, they have him as the 45th overall pick, which if you're in a 10-man league, that's the fifth round. And if you're in a 12-man league, you're talking late fourth round. I love his value there. Value, yeah. That's what we talked about earlier was if James Conner is my third running back, I feel amazing. And if he's my second running back, I may be looking to upgrade, but I'm not that worried about it. So I think he's a great player. I'm hoping that he improves. And I think Big Ben having him back, I'm not sure he'll ever match what he did in 2018, but he's definitely going to be a lot better than he was last year as long as he can stay healthy. Joe, I like what you said there because you know why. I like what you said there, Joe, and you know why? Because he is our third running back in our first-round fantasy up-and-coming podcasters league. Very so now, we got great value for him there. Excellent. Uh, last but not least, we can touch on Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's probably a streaming candidate this year or very likely could be the QB you draft with your you know, last or second-to-last pick to be your starting QB to open up the season. I mean, he's done great things in the past. He's been great for years. Last year, I mean, well, he wasn't there. And the year before that, he wasn't great. But sometimes a break does a player good, especially when you're a little bit older. So he's had some rehab time, and he's looking to bounce back. He could arguably be another candidate for bounce back player of the year as far as fantasy quarterbacks go. Um, I don't know if I want him right away. Actually, you know what? I probably would stack him with Juju. I, I do like that there. I don't know if Juju's going to necessarily get the touchdowns that I'm looking for in my wide receiver one, but he's going to get the targets and the value of a wide receiver too, and I'm all for that. So I like I, I do like Ben Roethlisberger this year. Anything to add, guys? No, I think I Jacob touched quarterback. Then you're you're just pretty much streaming all year. Yeah, matchup because matchup based. I think he's the perfect guy that you're not taking him as your first uh, quarterback if you don't have to. But if you wait on a quarterback and let's say you go for a guy like Wentz or Rodgers or Stafford, I love getting Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger late in the draft and being able to play matchups. So if Ben Roethlisberger is going against the Dolphins or something, I'm playing him. And – if you know Tom Brady has an awful matchup, I'm going Ben Roethlisberger. So I love having two of those guys. Nice. I mean, I, I again, I agree with everything you said, guys. I know I often have horse blinders on, but is there anyone I'm forgetting that we didn't talk about today? Uh, we didn't touch Ebron. Ebron's a good, uh, something worth discussing. Ah, yes, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I forgot McDonald's gone, dude. Is he? What no, happened? No, not not McDonald. The oh. other guy's gone. Well, I forget his name. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Good, because he wasn't relevant. But Ebron <laughs> is there. So that's actually really interesting to think about. I mean, you, I've heard a lot of people talk about Ebron in the past couple of weeks and that, oh, he's never been that relevant. And it's just like, well – well, now he kind of is. I mean, he's good. He's athletic. He had that breakout season a couple of years ago in Indianapolis. I mean, are you guys willing to take him as your tight end one late in drafts? 
Yeah, why not? Like last pick. So if I wait on tight end and I take like like a Gasecki or something or like I talked about, I would love to have Ebron as my second guy and, and, and I'm streaming them or matchup based. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a great that's, point. That is fair to say. I, I don't think he's on my radar, so to speak. I'd rather go for like a sleeper tight end. But knowing that he does have the high ceiling from that Indianapolis year, um, given that he's got a QB upgrade, well, he had Andrew Luck that year. Yeah, I just don't really know what to say about him. I guess I'm not like all eyes in on Eric Ebron. So my apologies, first-round fantasy fans. But uh, with that being said, folks, I think that's it. And I thank you so much who's listening out there for putting up with today's audio issues because they have been frequent, but we are working on it every step of the way. Uh, guys, any last words? It's draft season, so get ready for a lot of drafts. We have three coming up this weekend. We're excited to do them. I hope you guys have drafts coming up too. Say goodbye, guys, because we have sound issues today. Peace. Bye, bye, bye.